Hey guys, here we are again. Scott Short with Mesa Buduffy Mortgage. My NMLS number is 225998. Corporate number is NMLS number 1141. Back into reading or reading from Linda Ferrari's book, The Big Score, Getting It and Keeping It. We're in chapter 13, lucky 13. <laughs> so we're on page 131 and we're back into it. Let's see, where we left off at what to do if you believe your rights have been violated under the act, ACT, okay? Number one, it says, write to the creditor at the address given for billing inquiries, not the address for sending your payment. And include your name, address, account number, and a description of the billing error. Number two, send your letter by certified mail, return receipt requested, said it reaches the creditor within 60 days after the first bill containing the error was mailed to you. Include copies, not originals, of your sales slip or slips or any documents that support your position. Keep a copy of your dispute letter. Number three, a creditor must acknowledge your complaint in writing within 30 days after receiving it unless the problem has been resolved. The creditor must resolve the dispute within two billing cycles, but not more than 90 days after receiving your letter. Number four, you can sue a creditor for violate, who violates your FCBA, which stands for something. What's that stand for? Dagnabbit. <laughs> okay. The, Federal, the, the Fair Credit Billing Act, FCBA, right? If you win, you may be awarded damages plus twice the amount of the finance charges, as long as it's between one hundred to and one thousand. Of course, also may order the creditor to pay your attorney fees and costs. Next section, still on page one thirty-one, the Fair Debt Collection Practice Act. <laughs> That's a long one, huh? FDCPA, uh, fifteen USC squiggle squiggle. 1692 through 1692, oh, small o, actually. The Fair Debt Collection Practices Act ensures that debt collectors treat consumers fairly. This act provides the greatest amount of protection, but is frequently abused and is very difficult to challenge. On to page 132. Here we go. It says, what debts are covered? Personal, family, Household debts are covered under the act. This includes money owed for the purchase of an automobile, for medical care, or for charge accounts. Who is, debt, who is a debt collector? A debt collector is any person who regularly collects debt owed to others. This includes attorneys who collect debts on a regular basis. How many debt collectors, let's see, let me phrase that. How many, <laughs> how may, a debt collector contacts you. A collector may contact you in in person, by mail, telephone, telegraph. Telegraph, wow, okay, <laughs> or fax. However, a debt collector may not contact you at inconvenient time or places such as before 8 a.m. or after 9 p.m. unless you agree. A debt collector may a debt collector also may not contact you at work if the collector if the collector knows that your employer disapproves of such contact. Can you stop a debt collector from contacting you? You can stop a debt collector from contacting you by writing a letter to the collector telling them to stop 
Once the collector receives your letter, they may not contact you again except to say there will be no further contact or to notify you that the debt collector or the creditor intends to take some specific action. Please note, however, that sending such a letter to a collector does not make the debt go away if you actually owe it. You can still be sued by a debt collector or your original creditor. May a debt collector contact anyone else about your debt? Ooh, that sounds fun. If you have an attorney, the debt collector must contact the attorney rather than you. Cannot circumvent through the attorney and get to you. That's not proper. So basically, if the attorney has actually notified them that he, that person is, is uh, uh, acting on your behalf, and they try to go around them, ooh, doggies, that's not good for them, the collector. <laughs> it's good for you because you know. See going on there. If you do not have an attorney, a collector may contact other people, but only to find out where you live, what your phone number is, and where you work. Collectors usually. Hmm, I didn't think I, that's going to Let's read it one more time. If you do not have an attorney, a collector may contact other people, but only to find out where you live, what your phone number is, and where you work. Collectors usually are prohibited from contacting such third parties more than once. In such cases, the collector may not, may not tell anyone other than you and your attorney that you owe money. I've seen that happen before that they call and say, oh, not legal, so you know, you know where to go to this point. Uh, Federal Trade Commission <laughs> website, and, uh, you know, talks about going underneath the uh, Fair Debt Collection Practice Act. And who uh, doggies will not be friendly for the bad guy. Let's say, what must the debt collector tell you about the debt? Within five days after you have you are first contacted, the collector must send you a written notice telling you the amount of money you owe, the name of the creditor to whom you owe the money, and what action to take if you believe you do not owe the money. Next, may a debt collector continue to contact you if you believe you do not owe the money. A collector may not contact you if, within 30 days after receiving the written notice, you send the collection agency a letter stating you do not owe money. However, the collector can renew collection activities if you are sent proof of the debts. What types of debt collection practices are prohibited? Number one, harassment. Debt collectors may not use threats of violence or harm. Publish a list of consumers who refuse to pay their debts. Use obscene or profane language or repeatedly use the telephone to annoy someone. Number two, false statements. Debt collectors may not falsely implement, I'm sorry, falsely imply that they are attorneys or government representatives. Falsely implied you have committed a crime. False represent that they are they operate or work for a credit bureau. Misrepresent the amount that you owe. Indicate that papers being sent to you are legal forms when they're not. Indicate the paper being sent to you are are not legal forms. Indicate that the papers being sent to you are not legal forms when they are. (laughs) Uh, Falsely falsely implying that you will be arrested if you do not pay. That's a huge one on the the IRS tax fraud one. I'm coming to get you right now with a policeman. The IRS stuff is all garbage. We know it's garbage. It's just... Bad people doing bad things. It's not real, and uh, they just try to extort, and that's not good either. But this right here protects you from that kind of garbage. 
Okay, keep going. Um, there you go. Nah, and H. Uh, falsely imply that they will seize, garnish, attach, or sell your property or wages unless the collection agency or creditor intends to do so and is and it is legal to do so. Falsely imply actions such as lawsuits will be taken against you when such actions legally may not be taken or when they do not intend to take such action. Give false credit information about you to anyone, including a credit bureau. Send you anything that looks like an official document. Next page. 134. From the court or government agency when it's not. And also use a false name. Then under unfair practices, debt collectors may not collect any amount greater than the debt unless your state law prohibits. No, sorry. Permits, huh? Probably be a better word. Unless your state law permits such a charge, deposit a post-dated check prematurely. Use deception to make you accept, collect calls, or pay for telegrams. Telegram, good lord, <laughs> is that real? We want take a threaten or take or threaten to take your property unless this can be done legally. And last, contact you. So contact you by postcard. Because postcard puts a lot of data out there so everybody can see. So that's not good. What to do if you believe your rights have been violated under this act? You have the right to sue collectors in a state or federal court within one year from the date the law was violated. If you win, you may recover money for the damages suffered plus the additional amount up to $1,000. Court costs and attorney fees can be recovered. A group of people may form a class action and sue the debt collectors and recover damage up to 500000 or 1% of the collector's net worth, whichever is less. And let's see. Uh, okay, next one. So now we're going to a whole other one. Uh, the Credit Repair Organization Act, CROA-15, USC Squiggle Squiggle, 1679-1679. Like I, I guess. The Credit Repair Organization Act was signed into law in 1996 to protect consumers from unfair and deceptive advertising and business practices by credit repair organizations. By law, credit repair organizations cannot make false or misleading claims about their services, cannot charge you fees for credit repair work that has not been provided, must give you a three-day cool-off period for you to charge, break up, must give you a three-day cool-off period for you to change your mind after you have signed up. Then it says here, their contracts must clearly define, number one, the payment terms for credit repair, the credit repair services to be, to be performed, how long it will take to achieve the results, guarantees offered, the company's name and contact information. Okay, good to know. Next one. The Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1976, HIPPAA, Public Law 104-191. In August 1996, President Clinton signed into law the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. The act creates national standards to protect the individual medical records and other personal health information. Number one, it gives the patient more control over their health information. It sets boundaries on the use and release of health records. It establishes appropriate safeguards that healthcare providers and others must 
achieved to protect the privacy of health information. It holds violators accountable with civil and criminal penalties that can be imposed if they violate patients' privacy rights. A lot of peas, huh? <laughs> Number five, and it strikes a and it strikes a balance when public responsibility supports disclosure of some form of data, for example, to protect public health. Where this relates to credit is when a medical facility violates your privacy by sending information to a collection agency that you did not authorize. What to do if you believe your rights have been violated under the act? File a complaint to the Office of Civil Rights. Your complaint must be filed in writing, either on paper or electronically. Must name the, intent, the entity that is the subject of your complaint and describe the act or omission believed to be, violate, be, a, be in violation of the applicable requirements of the privacy rule. Top 136, uh, I see here. Be filed within 180 days or when you knew that the act of omission complained or occurred. OCR may intend, intend huh? OCR may extend the 180 day period if you can show good cause. The Office of Civil Rights, which is OCR, has civil, several regional offices and each regional office covers certain states. You should send your complaint to the appropriate OCR, Office of Civil Rights, regional office based on the region where, you, where the alleged violation took place. Visit their HIPAA website at http colon slash slash www.hhs dot gov slash ocr slash hipaa for contact numbers and addresses here she goes when she wraps up here chapter 13 the real deal the great the great ha ha the credit bureaus and creditors are in business because of us and for us being consumers it's our rec it's our records that make them money and they are obligated to report our records correctly and fix errors in a timely fashion. When you raise an issue with a credit bureau or a creditor, they may and they refuse to back down, even though you know you're right. You have an obligation to yourself to exercise your rights to protect your name and your credit worthiness. Taking on big corporations can be very intimidating, but if you can prove your case then their size actually works against them. If the law is on your side, they will stand to lose a lot, and they know it. The best part is that now you know it too. Well, there you go. That's it in Chapter 13. And I think, let's see where we at. And I think we'll stop there for the day. All right, guys, see you next call. Scott Short, Mace Enough Mortgage.